A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science, with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. We're not using protection. With the Luke and Pete show, we've removed our pop shields, guys. So uh, we're going to do things a little bit further away from the microphone, uh, but we are unsheathed. We've got our <laughs> we've got our muffs, but we haven't got our pop shields. No right. one cares about this. So the plosives, the P's, the T's may be a little bit strong this week. What a way to bring in laps episode 150. I know, right? That sort of chat, Donaldson. Yeah. That's what people come to you for. I was reading this week that apparently at the height of his fame, uh, Prince was ordering something like 50 to 60 pairs of shoes per week. Like that. By specification. Love that. They had custom zippers. Uh, he was very into the um, nuts and bolts of, uh, of uh, how his shoes were made. Uh, and, and if they knew that he was going to do the splits in his shoes, uh, they would be reinforced with steel bolts. See, this is exactly the kind of behaviour mm. that needs to be um, exhibited by pop slash rock stars. Yes. We do not, in this age of... Um, the white singer-songwriter. Oversharing. No, oh. where are you going with that? You... I was just saying that, that I, want, I want a sex god who uh, spends a lot on shoes. I don't want um, young white singer-songwriters going, I'm going to go in economy class because I'm keeping it real. You make I'm your points. I'm just a normal bloke. I'll make mine. All right. In this world of oversharing, yes, where you—I mean, look—if David Bowie came through now, mm. that's exactly what we'd be hearing. What you just described there, mm. we'd also probably be seeing him buying a pint of milk from the shop. We don't yeah. need that. Prince was otherworldly, and yes. that's exactly. What, I mean, of course, he relinquished all that sexy stuff later on, but he was completely otherworldly. Mm. And if someone says to me, "Have you heard this story about Prince?" That's the kind of story I want. Yeah, perfect. That's that's why it shocks you. I think when. Uh, I think Beyonce is a little bit like that. Um, I think it shocks you when you sort of see she's the only one, I think, in the world. And I think only her who doesn't like overshare. She's just her. She she gives what she wants to give. She's got a very manicured and pedicured, presumably, yeah. um, public persona. And so when you see shots of uh, her sister beating the shit out of her husband in a lift, you're like... Holy shit! Yes, this is incredible. Yeah. So it, it's, uh, and I think there's very few pop stars and rock stars who actually still do that. Who sure. actually still have um, uh, another worldly kind of um, persona. And I understand why, for example, one of the biggest um, pop stars in the world, Ed Sheeran, mm. he is. I know. I get why he's popular, and yeah. I get, and I get why people find it endearing. That, mm. Oh, you know, he's just a normal guy. Look at the way he dresses. Look, I, I do understand that. Mm. But for me, I want them to be mad. 
That's part of the yeah. job, right? That's mad. But that's Bill Hicks, didn't he? Bill Hicks, oh, you know, obviously he died a long time ago, but I think he used the um, the uh, example of new kids on the block. Mm. He said, oh, you know, but they're so clean cut. They're great for the kids. They're great role models. And Bill Hicks was like, are you mad? The mm. rock stars should be being sick in doorways. Yeah. That's their job, right? That's the whole point of mm. it. You don't want them to be clean cut and every man types because it gives people the illusion that anyone can do it mm. and anyone can't do it. Mm. Anyone can do a podcast. But not anyone, <laughs> not anyone <laughs> Anybody can, does do a podcast. Yeah, not anyone can be a rock star. There's a role to perform there, you know? I remember sort of like hearing about um, uh, Harry Potter, Daniel Radcliffe, and he was sort of saying, obviously he's... His full name, he, Harry Potter, Daniel Harry, Radcliffe. Harry Potter, Daniel Radcliffe. <laughs> used to listen to me on uh, XM Breakfast Show. Thank you very much. Good claim uh, to never, fame. Never seen any of his films. Um, <laughs> he, would, um, he was sort of saying that how he thought that he would... Obviously, he can't go anywhere, and that is a cage in itself. And you understand why. Stop these wearing the glasses, are... Daniel. Stop wearing the glasses you know? and drawing the drawing the little uh, scar in. Is yeah. it a scar? I think it might yeah, be. Yeah, it's a scar. Yeah, of course it's a yeah. lightning bolt scar. I've never on his seen any of his. Well, I have, so ask me. Or read any of his books. Ask me again. Is it a scar? Harry Potter, read, uh, written by Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah. Is it a scar? <laughs> Daniel Radcliffe's Harry Potter. <laughs> is yeah. it a scar? It's a, he's got a lightning bolt scar on his forehead. <laughs> Okay. And when he was good, he was very, very good. And when, when he, he was, was bad, bad, he was horrible. Dreadful. Right. <laughs> dreadful. <laughs> I can't remember the rest of that rhyme. I really like him and he and he and he he's he's very real, but also he's quite protective as well. He he'll only let you know what you what you need to know effectively. But he was talking about when he would go out. Got his, his old chap out stuff. on stage, didn't he? I mean, that makes it sound like he'd gone he's gone mad and he's just flung his wanger out he hadn't he was in a film called he was in a stage play and I'm remembering Equus. it as Equus was it yeah, Equus it was Equus ah yeah. oh, lovely yeah. um, and he had to for business reasons <laughs> yeah. sorry is this paying this tax deductible because I'm, I'm not I'm not choosing to do this and I just like he's got a very ordered mind in uh, interviews and stuff and he, he sort have of, you interviewed um, him yeah that's nice how chat. I knew that he listened so to so you've the, pretended yeah. you've seen his films yeah, I mean, I, yeah. So I mean, technically, I had to watch a the sky. I had to watch a sky. One thing, that thing he did with um, Don Draper, whatever his bloody name is, right? Um, uh, John Ham. John Ham. The, the deliciously named John Ham. John Ham. Another character who's very real as well. But Dave Cheese, but also very protective about his. Dave uh, Berry, another another uh, food related Dave. Yeah, yeah. No, he's food related person. Sort of person in the public sphere. I mean, there'll be a lot of them, won't there? Yeah. Doctor Leg from EastEnders. <laughs> A leg isn't a food item, is it? It's it's always a food What's item. What's that? It's a leg. Well, you, you get a bit of meat. In the words of Lieutenant Frank Drebin, yeah. I can't remember what he says yeah. about a leg. He said, Carry on. Kind of legs you'd want to suck on for a few hours or something weird. Like. Is that um, Leslie Nielsen? Yeah. Oh. Very strange. Oh, how, who are you and how did you get in here? I'm a locksmith. And, well, I'm a locksmith. <laughs> <laughs> Gags. Yeah. Yeah, I just like Daniel Radcliffe. I can't okay, remember where good. we're going with that, to Thanks. be honest. Yeah. Um, well, that's fine. I'm padding it out because the <laughs> broadband's gone down again. This is all about your opinions, This site mate. can't be reached. This is all about your opinions, mate. Yeah. I wanted to bring to the table today... And, and we have a, food, but we have annoying policy yeah. in this studio. You're, you're drinking a Diet Pepsi, which I think I don't think is canon. But what anyway... Well, it shouldn't be in there, should it? Why? Because it's not allowed. It's only, only water and We tea. drink tea in here. True. Oh, only water and tea. And coffee. And coffee. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that doesn't matter. Listeners aren't interested in that. We've already had the pop shield chat. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to bring to the table something that I feel we've got a lot of UK listeners and we're very grateful for that. But we've also got a lot of world listeners. Okay? And it's one of the things... World listeners. World listeners. In HMV, this would be the world listener. Yeah. The um, world section. World music. Uh, WOMAD. And uh, remember Lady Woman? Smith Black Man Basel. I remember being at Glastonbury Festival once, and um, this is a digression, but but forgive me. I was sat around Glastonbury Festival, and I, look, cards on the table. I was about twenty four, so I was probably being pretentious myself. Right. But I sat around the grass 
before it started to piss it down with rain. Mm. But that's another story. That would be a digression within a digression, Peter. We yeah. haven't got time for that. Sat on the grass and um, the uh, there's this group quite near us of, you know, the pretentious Glastonbury types. I've been coming here since the very first one. And it's all so commercial we talking now. And hippies like with poi. Yeah, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, right. all that kind of stuff. And uh, Stonehenge botherers. Yeah, that kind of yeah. thing. But and not not in a sort of I am interested in hist- history, and you know I like um, you know Bronze Age sculptures, mm, right. just like Stonehenge, summer solstice, all that crap. Weed. I don't want to pay tax. I don't want to yeah. pay tax or have a job. I want my hemp to be brightly coloured. Yes, using all of the chemicals. So picture this. I'm yeah. Mm. I'm sat here with a couple of friends or whatever, mm. and this group is sat next to us, and I've got my back wearing a hat made of, of a god. Yeah, the shell of a god. Made out of no, everything's made out of hemp, isn't it? Mm. You, the, mm. Like your trousers, and I, I wear no hemp trousers. I'm sat with my back to this group, right? And um, this one of them just obviously gets bored and tries to. And you know those type of people can be quite sort of like, oh, let's be friends kind of thing. Mm. And um, one of them taps me on the shoulder, and I turn around, and he just points at a load of flags, right, yeah. and says, "See those flags?" And mm. I say, "Yeah." He says, "I got them from Womad." And I'm like, all right. What, so the yeah. idea of having flags? Yes, we just come. No, the, the actual flags. All oh, right. Just, we just come from Womad, and those flags were at Womad. Bear in mind, I'd never spoken to this guy before. <laughs> and that's what I always think of when I think of Womad, which of course is the World Music Festival. But anyway. Oh, is it? Right, okay. Anyway, yeah, anyway. I, uh, I reckon they're off to. Where do you reckon on their flaggy journey do you reckon they're off to? After um, then? I reckon not best of all. I reckon no, best of all didn't exist then, mate. I don't think. All Maybe right. it did. La- but, there'd but, be a latitude now. In the glass, in the first ever Glastonbury Festival I went to in 1998, mm. we got we got completely washed out of our tent. Yep. So I spent about a day wandering around, mm. and after that, I was like, oh, I'm just going to go home. Mm. I lost all my friends. I'd no mobile phone or anything. And the only way, because you know, have you, you've been to Glastonbury, right? Mm. It's it's right out there. Yeah. And even to get to Castle Carey Station is a mission. Yeah. And I had no idea how to it's walk it. It's a shithole. It. Yeah, I had no idea how to walk Tarmac it. it. I've said it before. Tarmac yeah, you have. It. I had no idea how to walk it. I had no map and no mobile phone. Mm. And I needed to get to Castle Kerry Station because all I had was a paper return ticket back to London Paddington, I think. Right. And um, the <laughs> I was dressed in a pair of football socks, right. some tracksuit bottoms, and like an old t shirt. It's the only thing I had left. Everything else was on the pole. Swamped. Yeah. <laughs> and so and I um I flagged down. So there's loads of people waiting in this lay, lay by, and there's and I basically managed to jump on the back of this flatbed truck, right. which said it would drop a load of people back to Castle Carey Station. Okay. And when I got on the flatbed truck, I looked around, and they were all all travellers, all mm. travelling folk. Yes. And I think they looking back on is it, that a tipping point for you? They they, they thought I was as well. Yeah. Because that's what I was dressed like. Yeah. And anyway, one of them says to me, um, "Can oh, you fight? Where you're from?" Mm. And I said, "I'm from Portsmouth." All oh, right. Oh, we're going down Portsmouth. Um, we'll go there. We're going in a few days. Do you want? Um, do you want us to drive you to Portsmouth instead? I was thinking, in a few days. Do I want in to a spend- few days. <laughs> I've got no tent. See, want- look, this is exactly why. This is exactly why you. Sh- your life that was a fork in the road, wasn't it for you? Yeah, I could like, still be travelling now. You could have had an experience there, but I think sometimes. Uh, that's how people get murdered. I was 17. Yeah, exactly. You, you never would have met me if I'd done that. No, exactly. No. I might have... You wouldn't uh, know what a podcast was. No, exactly. Um, anyway, in the deep, distant, dim past, I was going to say, we've got worldwide listeners, and they expect from two Brits, what do they expect? Um, they expect uh, cups of tea, um, uh, respect of the God and the Queen, uh, weather. Yes. Yeah, you, weather. You were going, weather. I was mouthing weather. You were mouthing weather, but it just looked like you were trying to turn me on. I was... Well, did it work? If you, I don't know. I was just trying out. If the... you say, go, like, go, go, go to America, whoever's listening now, 
and just silently mouth. Don't do, it the, don't do it if you're on the train. It's busy. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the um, person directly opposite you if you're on the overground train and just go. So I wanted to bring a, a quick weather. bit of a, a quick bit of weather chat to the table because I think that's what people expect of British people. Weather. Stop that now. Um, and we've also had a storm, haven't we? Storm Gareth. Storm Gareth. And um, we had pictures. We, we are getting pictures taken for a, a bit of a ramble thing, and uh, it's the windiest day of the bloody year, which is annoying. And do you weather. know? Do you know how how um, storms are named and why they're named? Oh, I, every time there's a new storm, somebody says this, but I can't remember it. Oh, do you think our listeners will already know? I don't know. How are they named? Well, uh, someone so, who wronged a meteorologist. Meteorologist. Well, I read this, this story I found in Wired. Mm. Um, they're dished out well, alph- alphabetically, and they switch between male and female names during each storm season, which starts towards the end of each year. Right. Uh, it's been happening since 2014. The Met Office in England and Ireland, uh, Met Iran, I think that's pronounced. Uh, both do it and because of course a lot of the storms originate off the coast of Ireland um, every storm at the end of every storm season the storm names are reset mm. even if the Latin letters of the alphabet haven't been reached so the 2018-29 storm season 2018-2019 storm season sorry mm. started in September and the most re- recent to hit is, Gar- is Gareth but this is quite interesting why does the Met Office name storms that batter the UK well there's a simple reason behind it the names are issued to humanise weather events and give them more under- make them more understandable to members of the public. So giving a storm a name means people can easily look it up and how it will impact them. Ah. It also um, it also um, it's like a, enables an, communication. It's like a QR code for storms. Basically, yeah. Gareth's on the door. How yeah. long is this going to last? Is that Gareth? Do I need to put my chucks in the house? Yeah, I'll tell you what, there was a storm, Gareth, last summer, wasn't there? There was a? With the oh, England Gareth's football team. Yeah. <laughs> Did you uh, see um, the Eddie Storbart story? There was this, uh, no, I'll be lad, interested in that, though. There was this young boy who was obsessed with trucks, and I think he might be either very, very unwell, or his mum just thought it would be a really good idea to get in touch with Eddie Storbart. Basically, he, this kid is about as obsessed with Eddie Storbart, specifically Eddie Storbart as a company, their trucks... As can possible, can possibly as you be, are with cables, as I am with cables, HMI cables, and, and Amazon. Um, he basically loves Eddie Stobart so much, and the mum got in touch with Eddie Stobart and said, Look, can you just name one of your trucks? Because all the trucks have names. Yeah. Can you name one of your trucks after my child? He would fucking explode. He loves Eddie Stobart. It's a beautiful story. Are they it not all named amazing. after women's names? Well, they are. So Eddie Stobart are un- is unwilling to um, bend the rules, except, I believe, one of the trucks is named after uh, Lee Rigby, who was murdered by those guys. Right. So where does, it, where does the line, where does the so line end there, Murdered by terrorists, yes. Terminally ill child, no. Yeah, that seems to be the line for what's Eddie Stobart. What's your yeah, cut-off? Cut off? Exactly. So Eddie Stobart... I think you find Eddie is an, is an ink man's name. I think... <laughs> Edward. Edie. Edie Stormer. Yeah. Um, I think in 2019, it is refreshing to see a... Uh, uh, um, a haulage a, company. A, a haulage company, or just a company at, at large, just doing... Just being willing to be dicks about a really easy PR goal. Yeah. Like, literally, yeah. Ronnie Rosenthaling, a fucking open goal, yeah. right into the sky. To me, that him breaking with tradition there, <laughs> for, to do that, is yeah. probably a full page five on the sun. Yeah. Well, the, the country's most widely circulated <laughs> newspaper. Not interested. Not doing it. No, also, by think, the way, I the end of the film. I, I think the Sun would uh, just uh, would endorse the uh, the one breaking move Rigby, re- 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 but also I think they would also um, be very into. No, the trucks have to be women. No, but what I, next? A male Doctor Who truck. <laughs> <laughs> What's that about? What, what? Listen. What gender is I the saw, TARDIS? That's what I want to know. I guess which Doctor Who I saw on the street uh, yesterday. Not called Doctor Who, just called the Doctor. 
Really? It's Is important that what to people who listen to this show who like Doctor Who you've to be been, respectful. You've been hanging out with your wife for too long. <laughs> This Is that possible? <laughs> I thought that was part of it. Are you sleeping with her? Is it not separate bedrooms now? No, it's been Peter. a while. And hello to Larry, my father-in-law, <laughs> who Shit, listens yeah, religiously and could crush me with one hand. Yeah, and well, he has done. He has he? done. Yeah, literally. Who, which doctor did you see? Did you see um, Sylvester McCoy? Incorrect. Um, Christopher Eccleston. Incorrect. You've got one more. David Tennant. Incorrect. Jodie Whittaker. Incorrect. William Hartnell. Incorrect. John Pertwee. Incorrect. Come on, which one? It was uh, the one who was in the thick of it. Oh, for God's sake. What's Peter Capaldi. Peter Capaldi. You didn't even know his name. I, I only know him through um, the singer-songwriter Lewis Capaldi. Is that his son? No, it's a distant relative, but he was in his music video because of, I don't know. Um, I think he did it for free. I him. saw one of, this is quite niche, I saw one of the instructors from SAS Who Dares Wins at Bank Station yesterday. <sighs> that's, a, that's an ad break, isn't it? Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, y'all, it's Farmer Meemaw, and today I'm going to show you what I've been doing to take care of the pantry moth situation. One of the most interesting accents I've ever heard. It's got a bit of Dolly Parton about it. So if you go if you go around to sort of Alabama kind of way, mm. um, someone once described the accent in Alabama, which I love. It's a great way of describing it. Um, they they speak a sentence like cards being turned over in a poker game because they speak very slowly and very deliberately and with a real sort of twang. And it, it does Blech. it does sound like that that accent is more of a to me it sounds more like a Dolly Parton type accent. It sounds like she's been chewing on the pantry moths. Where's Dolly Parton from? I can't remember. Dolly World, of course. Yeah, that's where she was born. Uh, do you, did you see the uh, someone someone tweeted the opening hours of uh, Dolly World? What and is it, it was a, a oh, ma- she's from again, Tennessee. Tennessee. That's right. what it sounds like. Yeah. Again, a massive missed opportunity. The opening hours for Dolly World is 
Ten till six. Ah, so annoying. They've six. done that on purpose. Ten till six. They've done that on purpose. Come on. They have done Disgusting. that on purpose. Disgusting. Um, this is the, the section of the show. Uh, welcome back to the Luke and Pete show, of course. Right, 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 right. This, this is the section of the show where we talk emails normally, your stories. Mm. People who have emailed into hello at lukeandpeteshow.com. If you want to remain anonymous, forget it. We will out you. No, we won't. No, we won't. Um, you, you're welcome to be anonymous. I, I went to go see Hamilton on Tuesday. Oh, it was brilliant, and I was going to talk about it in the first tickets. half, but we talked about Eddie Stobart instead. So maybe I'll do. If people want to know what I thought about it, they can tell me. There'll be an Eddie um, Stobart musical eventually. But it was very good. Have you seen it? No. Very good. You'd like it. I mean, that's a pretty basic bitch opinion, isn't it? Well, really? you would like it. No, the Hamilton is good. Well, what do you want me to say? Is there a single person on the planet who who came out of Hamilton and went no? Maybe Mike Pence, because the, <laughs> yeah. the entire cast roasted him. Yeah, I quite like that. As I always <laughs> say, Pete. Have some respect. You and I, you and I, we're broadcasters, right? So as long as we're involved, <laughs> <laughs> as long as I'm part of the show, as long as people are looking at us, yeah. I just say like the, uh, I just say like the, the, the quote that somebody came out with. We're going. Uh, he's a man who believes in gay conversion therapy. Loves a musical. We know how this ends, Mike Pence. Exactly. We know how this fucking ends. You don't, you don't go for long without seeing a story in, on the internet of man who previously ran gay conversion <laughs> therapy camp. Always- Comes out as gay. <laughs> Happens all the time. Happens all the time. <laughs> um, yeah, so this is the email section. Pete, presumably you've done no emails again. I've so got emails. Oh, good. They're, they're up now. Pilot you, Gav's back. You go first. Oh, good. I like I like that email. You do it. Feels like a long time since I wrote in about the flying kidney. <laughs> do you want to give people a bit of an update? Oh, mind you, we get... We get he's, a, he's a pilot. We get criticism for, for repeating ourselves. Yeah, exactly. Yes, don't, don't worry about it. He's a, he's a pilot. Pilot Gav is canon. Go back and listen. He, we've got a Cessna and he flies us around the world um, so we can investigate things like Prince's shoes and Eddie Storbart's <laughs> trucks. It's a Cessna, so and regular fueling stop-offs. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you can get pretty long-range Cessnas now, can't you? As long as it isn't a 737 MAX 8. Mate. Did you say they released like a software update this week? Do no one hear their, that? That was in their PR. That was in their PR thing. We're, we've released a software update. Sorry, <laughs> like software updates are for Gears of War three. Yes. Software updates are for Red Dead Redemption two. Yeah. They ain't for the old airplanes. <laughs> you sound like Donald Trump. who said that. <laughs> Donald Trump is the same thing. Puerto Rico. Yeah. Well, they made a very late decision to uh, ground them, didn't they? I don't the know. Americans. We went second. I think. Yeah. Australia was second. Mm. EU airspace, I think, was third, maybe. It doesn't matter. Carry on. Apparently, um, pilots have been uh, complaining about the poor manual for a long time. Maybe um, Pilot Gav's got an opinion on it. Regarding the kidney chat that followed my email, uh, I think it may have been transported in dry ice. Would that have changed the texture of it if you were going to eat it? A bit, a bit of frozen it, presumably. Mm. Pete's idea of mid- mid-flight nibble sounds appealing right enough, but are we talking kidney tartar or sorbet? Like a kidney, oh, a kidney, kidney sorbet. sorbet. Like it's a Heston sort of kidney sorbet. No thanks. <laughs> that is disgusting. Um, the airline uh, would you, would be interested to hear from one of your listeners about dry ice. It is very mysterious to me. The airline I work for permits a passenger to bring more, more than no more than two point five kilograms of it. Dry ice. Yeah, I'm keen to know how it's manufactured and stored and packaged. Uh, we used to get sent every now and again, and now again, um, ice lollies when um, the sea, when it was like hot outside, and they'd always be transported in these big um, polymer uh, polystyrene um, boxes, mm. and you'd get chunks of dry ice. And I spent a full radio show. I had this big chunk of dry ice that it was still in the kitchen. Well, I thought it was expensive dry ice. No, they just no, sent no, it to no, you. Just, just, uh, well, yeah, it's know. like ice. 
but, but it's cold, dry. But it's real cold. Yeah. So I just spent loads of time just kind of touching it and like throwing it in water and stuff and make make it. I made my, my milkshake bubble. Isn't this a scene from Dumb and Dumber? Got <laughs> <laughs> my tongue stuck to yeah. it. Yeah, it was it was fascinating, uh, fascinating um, kind of very. It's weird to see something look so inert but be so volatile at the same time. When I was uh, like working. Calcium. I forget which record label it was. When I was working at a record label, people used to send their demos in, and mm. they would send. This is obviously before the internet. They would send their demos in um, in and, like and they, notable ways. They'd so want them to be noticed. Them, yeah. And one of them sent them in in a big envelope, like mm. a pallet envelope, full of ice. Yes. Which obviously, okay. basically, on the side just started to Melted. melt, and so it got attention to it. <laughs> yeah. And that, band, like... and that band was it's got to be Coldplay or Snow Patrol. <laughs> yeah, no, that band was actually you too. <laughs> no, I don't know who they were. Um, we spend more time writing your songs, less yeah. time on gimmicks. We used to get um, you get a lot of cassettes nowadays. I'm not. It's not as fashionable again, fashionable. Isn't it? but there's absolutely no reason for that. You see, that's that's that, and that annoys me because that is just a fashion thing. Because with vinyl, mm. it's a much more distinctive quality of sound, and um, I can absolutely understand why people want to listen to something as it was originally intended. Mm. Cassettes, there's, I mean, it's, it's an inferior sound quality anyway. Cassettes, uh, if used properly, approach the quality of CDs. Right. We were, we are, we were always used to shitty C nineties. Yeah. Budget performance, budget um, right. kind of like tips have been used over and over again. Right. Uh, and so, if you actually look at the data, and, and you know, more learned ears than than mine um, would, you know, cast a ear over it, so to speak, but. Yeah, they, they were actually quite well, good, but we always used to choose the the worst kinds of tips. It's all about the the, the metal used. I know three people who work in music professionally mm. and uh, that, that listen to this show. I'm going to put it out to them. My Analog. Mate, my mate Dan, who works for a top end hi fi company, mm. tell us what you think about cassette yeah. quality. My mate Ed, who is lead singer and songwriter in Stats and also guitarist right. for Dua Lipa, he yeah. listens to this show. Tell us what you think, Ed. And Blair. One, one let us know if cassette's good. Where we can use them again. Two, let us know if records are better or not. And three, if you're under him, you are getting over him. I think I'm having a breakdown. What, what is this? Dua Lipa. Oh, sorry. I don't know any of their songs. Okay. And two, Actually, I know four because there's two guys called Blair. Blair Dunlop, folk singer, songwriter. He'll oh. know all about that. Okay. What do you think of cassette quality? And Blair Moat, who wrote the theme tune and performed the theme tune for On The Continent, who is a composer, and who, bringing it right back round again, composed a lot of the music for the most recent series of Doctor Who, Mic Drop. No, no Mic Drop, because... Pen Drop, that was a if pen. You're, if you're into analogue recording, what are you recording it on? You're recording it on magnetic tape, mate. Yeah, so true. might be have a bit more bandwidth, it might be big and thick, but tape cassette technology, by the end, was getting pretty good. Cool. Noise reduction, all that Dolby good shit. I believe you. Sticking been, a pen in the little things to rewind it. <laughs> <laughs> I've been watching Techmon. Um, yeah, I thought I'd send a quickish one. We're still into um, Pilot Gav's uh, email. I thought I'd send a quickish one in about your rather shy resident doctor, the one, in fact, that revealed himself in reply to my kidney story. Believe it or not, we were actually good friends at university. Oh, what university was that? One's a what? doctor, one's a pilot. If, it wasn't De Montfort, and it wasn't Farnborough College of Technology, I'll tell you that. If he doesn't wish for his true identity be, be to be revealed, uh, you'll be glad to know that we called him Nacho Man at uni due to his rather bizarrely shaped head. Hmm. Picture an upside-down tortilla chip on a neck with all the usual features sort of where they should be. I think I think Pilot Gav should be above... Um, uh, taking the piss out of people's heads. Tittle tattle. Yeah. Yeah. Check out your nose corn. Sniper's delight. <laughs> Sniper's delight. Uh, there was even a song sung to the same tune as Nacho Monreal's tune from the Arsenal fans. Nacho, Nacho man. I want to be a Nacho man. 
Nice. Like uh, from The Simpsons. Uh, Homer Simpsons. That's yeah. also, isn't that village people? But isn't it great that um, after all these years, the Luke and Pete show um, brings people back brings together? Brings people back together. Lost um, friends. I've got a question for Pilot Gav and our other resident pilot, Pilot Neil. Can I get on the friends and family beer? <laughs> yeah, well, yes. Because turns out flights are expensive. But can, but can, if talking about software updates, if a um, plane software just packs in, yeah. can those planes that are so advanced and so technologically complicated, can they just be flown manually like you would like an old plane? Yeah, I think so. I think, I think everything's kind of... All of those hydraulics, because you get that little... Um, if your engines are fucked, you get that little uh, that little propeller that comes out, just pops out of the side and gives you a bit of um, auxiliary power for the for the flaps. Really? Yeah, there's a tiny little... It's, it's tiny. It's probably about as big as a dinner plate. It pops out the side. What, a massive jumbo? Yeah. It's like a manual kind of... Because all, otherwise, all of your instruments are dead and you're fucked and you can't move anything and you can't control a plane. So you have this little... That comes out and it uh, it's like, a, what do you call it? Like a generator. I've never heard of this And before. it uses the wind power to generate a little bit of power, a little bit of auxiliary power to power... Right. Um, the USB device, so I can watch a bit of Netflix. Of <laughs> yes. the oh, it's right the... in the middle <laughs> of Stranger Things. There, fairly <laughs> certain um, that's the case. Um, anyway. All right, well that's interesting. I didn't know that. And mm. um, strangely, that sounds right. Um, I've got another email here. I thought about this. Yeah. I was I was reading about went around about the time that um, uh, it's like the loss of the um, Leicester City uh, chairman. In the helicopter there, there is a technique that uh, helicopter pilots can use. That little propeller, you know, that's, little prope- that's a helicopter. <laughs> that's a helicopter. Yeah. <laughs> um, the helicopter is a way of, because of angling the blades, that uses the downward, fo- the upward force of the air and the downward force of the of the um, of the blades um, to actually kind of create a spinning motion and therefore slow your descent. Right. So there is a technique that the, the helicopter can use. Obviously, if it's if it's going to shit, it's going to shit. But you, there is a way of um, using it to soften your landing to mitigate that. to mitigate that a little right. bit just by angling the blades so that the air going up makes the helicopter weirdly spin. Right. Or rather, the blades. You don't want the helicopter. You know a lot spinning. about propellers, don't you, mate? I watch so many shitty YouTube videos. Yeah. About people who probably don't know their onions. No. But they <laughs> yeah. wear pilot uniforms, so I trust them. Well, a lie gets around the world before mm. the truth can get his trousers on, as they say. Oh. Johnny's emailed into hello at lukeandpeacher.com. We've probably got time for one email more, but and this is quite a long one. I thought you'd be interested in this, Pete, because you've got a phobia of ankle, ankle rolls. Yeah. And that's obviously quite distinctive. Mm. Uh, and Johnny claims to have a very distinctive irrational fear. Right. He says, Dear Luke and Pete, I've been listening to your recent podcasts that have mentioned the curing of irrational phobias. And I wanted to get in touch with an unusual one of mine that hasn't necessarily been cured, but has certainly become more manageable over the years. The problem I have found with my phobia is it can surface in quite unremarkable circumstances and my reaction then requires an explanation, which is usually met with a bit of laughter and a pretty patronising, ah. My phobia is witnessing someone breaking their glasses. Reading glasses, that is, not a dropped pint, of course. Yeah. And this can be anything from a lens falling out, a crack, an arm breaking off, or anything that means, for whatever reason, they can't be used as well as they were before. Uh, yeah, I, I think anything that people use, a, a dropped phone gets me. Anything upwards of a dropped ice cream, but pho- I get upset but, but about. Phobic, like it's, it, it feels irrational to you that you're phobic. Yeah, because it's just like, it, but it, it it encapsulates everything. It's a little bit like, um, oh, that's a real shame because that person can't. You've taken away sure. 
their sight. Yeah. They're now technically disabled, and they um, and that's quite expensive and annoying to have to fix. Well, Johnny goes on to say, I've also found that the worse their eyesight is, uh, the bigger their reliance they have on their glasses, mm. the worse reaction I have. I have often freaked out a bit if someone leaves their spectacles a bit too close to the edge of a table or anywhere yeah. they can be sat on, which is then followed by the aforementioned awkward explanation. Um, having had a number of years to think about it, I remember a few specific specific events that happened as a small boy that would probably have shaped this. Basically, any and all films or TV programs that feature a character's glasses being knocked off or smashed and the devastating line, I can't see without my glasses. Mm. Specifically scenes in Jurassic Park, Scooby-Doo, and later The Mummy. If I see any of those again, I have to look away or leave the room in advance and can't bring <laughs> myself to watch. At a similar time to Jurassic Park being released, I remember playing football in the local park and there was always a boy who was a bit timid and have a rep- had a reputation of being a bit of a geek. But when you got to the shallow end of picking teams, he was actually a secretly quite a decent player. Uh, one day when taking a mitre Premier League full on in the face, his glasses were a write-off. Smashed lenses and a screw lost among the grass. I'm cringing writing it. I've not seen it repeated as bad since, but it's literally my worst nightmare. Yeah. I, I, tried it. I spent a lot of time at school with um, tape, Jack Duckworth style, over my you glasses. You do, yeah, I so noticed I just, that, yeah. Because I just smashed my glasses to bits. Now, Johnny finishes by saying, uh, it's got more manageable over the years, and in my 20s I was prescribed glasses my tw- my, myself. I realised the phobia only applied to others' glasses and not my own, mm. and therefore each time I'm not overly careful with my own. Um, although being a new dad with our firstborn boy just turning six months, I'm already nervous about his first trip to the opticians. <laughs> I'm wondering if I'm alone with this phobia, as I've never met anyone who's heard of it, let alone shares it. Well, listen, Pete Donaldson, does. Mm. Uh, thanks, a, chaps. Keep a, up the good work, Johnny. A scuff new shoe. If someone buys a new pair of, pair of shoes and they, they just instantly get uh, dirtied, yeah. I, oh, that's a shame. Yeah. And I, yeah, I, I'm pretty forbid to that kind of behaviour. My worst is the dentist, probably. Oh, that's very, again, basic, man. You need to get... I am basic, though, You need I? to get more fetishes. You need to get a bit more... You need to get more interesting. Spicy. A bit more kinky. Spicy, yeah, more kinky. Yeah. I have a think. Get the internet. I'll think about it, get yeah. Internet, <laughs> I should set up the internet on my computer. Get on the All right. web. That's enough for this time, I think. That's uh, enough from you, thank you. Yeah, that was Thursday, the 14th of March. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Uh, that's a bit loud, isn't it? Hello at lukeandpeach.com really. to get in touch. Uh, and we would love to hear from you again. We'll see you on Monday. Have a fantastic weekend. Pete Dons to say goodbye. I'm phobic of unprofessionalism tell us if you see an Eddie Stobart with a man's name (laughs) and we'll see you on Monday this was a Radio Stakhanov production